Welcome to this special edition of the Recruiter's Review. I'm your host, Pat Mingarelli. In this special edition, I'm sidestepping from my normal programming to get some very important information that I find suddenly in front of me, and I think it needs to be discussed now. While I've seen this before, it has a different feel to it this time. I'm talking about recession, layoffs, and a sudden change to the the dynamics that should be short-lived, but are going to leave some long-lasting effects. And again, I'll remind my audience that I speak from my own experiences and insights, as well as insights and comments from various sources. But again, there is no absolute. Some listening to this episode may never experience what I'm about to discuss. To get to an oasis, you often have to cross a desert to reach it. The desert will kill you if you do not enter it prepared. There is a job oasis on the horizon, but there is a desert that most have now walked into. Now, what does this have to do with the pendulum swing? I'm about to tell you. Oasis, desert, high, low, good, bad, hot, cold, one or the other. Thankfully, due to the law of physics, a pendulum never stops swinging. Every swing one way will ultimately end up swinging to an equal position in the opposite direction. Knowing the swing direction can help you plan for whichever direction the pendulum is headed. By the way, it's in the middle of the swing that we can prepare for what comes next. Before I go on, I want to say a few things to my listeners. Some of you will listen and say, whew, I think I'm okay. Some of you are going to say to yourselves, what? I have to take a pay cut? Wait a minute. I screwed myself on my resume? No. Listen, I encourage you to listen through this episode. You should leave with a sense of knowledge, and as the saying goes, knowledge is power. This information will simply give you the power to make the best decision you can should you now be engaged in a job search. This episode has advice for every listener. I will tell you what to do if you find yourself concerned with your resume based on the content of this episode. I will also tell you that I still see a hiring boom coming, and I believe it will be the second half of this year. But there are some things to get through in the short term and some expectation resets most will need for what is yet to come. Let's start with the extreme swing of the pendulum that went from an incredibly hot job market. There was lots of money on the sidelines from private equity firms that were infused into companies and incredible near unstoppable consumer spending. I mean, it was crazy. There were so many jobs and such an eagerness to fill them. I saw some companies actually hiring people after just one virtual interview. I saw others where a first interview was Monday morning and by Monday evening, there was a final interview and an offer was extended by Tuesday morning. I also saw people easily able after just a few months on the job to say, nope, this is not for me. And they are hired again just as fast. And I may have seen people, they did that two and three times. I mean, this went on for the last five years. Truly crazy. And I got to say, we loved it as recruiters. The demand was so high that companies were paying premium dollars to my industry, premium salaries to recruits, and it was truly a heyday for everyone. I saw the pendulum coming to the end of that extreme swing really by September. I began sensing and tasting that the new flavor was caution. Throughout Q4 and by the end of Q4, I saw the slowdown. The pendulum had finally hit its stop point in the swing, and now it's starting to make its shift the other way. This week, I just took on four sales openings with a manufacturing organization. During the intake meeting with their North American Vice President of Sales, he summed up what I've been wanting to get into words for my listeners, and he actually just gave me the words about what's happening. He first noted that corporate-wide, they were on a hiring freeze, and he was talking about all of their operations positions, and that freeze will last until sales start to come back to a level that supports hiring again. He has the authorization to fill these four sales positions. Now, by the way, 
Two of them are backfills because the two salespeople, one out east, one out west, they're being promoted and now have been promoted. The other two sales openings were actually terminations. And I asked why. He said the terminations were due to people that continued to try to manage their territories from home using uh, virtual meetings. They were not willing to go out and, and meet with their clients. The complaints started to come in from their distributors and end user customers, and the sales really began to uh, fall. And result, those two people were terminated. Now, by the way, he also noted something else in that intake call and that he and his peer executives at the company agree that it's time to now return to a norm on salaries, sales quotas, and expectations. And he said specifically these four hires, he is going to go back to what should have been all this time, except during the height of COVID. And he said that's gonna be accountability, metrics reporting, and meetings. And he said that's in person with customers as well as with internal people. He said, I'm no longer paying somebody to be at home all the time sitting on their Zoom. We've got to get back into our territories. We have to meet with our customers and distributors or we're going to succumb to our competition that is willing to do that. I also had the opportunity to reconnect with a software industry um, executive that I've worked with for a number of years. I really wanted to see just what was happening with his company and would he be hiring this quarter next. He noted that at the current time, he had them into a right-sizing situation. He noted that the hires they made over the last five to 10 years came in at very high rates of pay. In his words, some with some pretty ridiculous signing bonuses, but the majority of them did not meet the uh, quotas he assigned to meet that rate of pay. He said there were a few of them that didn't even hit a lower quota on a lower rate of pay. So that has led to um, some separations and he said it'll be a little time before he'd be ready to rehire because it's going to take at least two quarters for the costs to um, recoup and to reevaluate just how many salespeople they really need out there. And he said, ultimately, we'll be hiring, but short term, I'm outplacing people to get this thing fixed. And in the medical industry, I actually have uh, three, I'll call them disruptive technology manufacturers. They're planning sales expansions, but they've pushed them off to the second half of this year. And so there's the swing. It went as far as it could with a market to let anyone demand their terms and employers would meet them. Not only has the pendulum begun to swing back, it's hit post-COVID, post-overspend, and post-overhiring. So it's time for a reset of expectations. What was is no longer sustainable, and it's a like it or not, like it, accept it, work with it, and become part of the recovery, or I hate to say it, become obsolete. Now that said, I also predict that this pendulum swing is gonna be fast, and it's going to start swinging back the other way again. But this time it'll come to a center and hold there before it gets to a, the extreme, if it ever gets to that extreme again. And a little bit more about what's going on out there on the uh, job seeker front. Um, a long-term client of mine and a very good friend. Uh, in fact, I placed him twice over his career. He has subsequently gone on to hire from me at several companies. He suddenly found himself out of work uh, in January. He was with a tech company that found itself in a similar situation. They just took on some very high payroll costs, a number of heads. Sales were not catching up as quickly as uh, the spend was meant to. So a number of cuts were made, including him with very little notice. And he entered the job market uh, this January for the first time in his life as someone looking for work without a job. 
he had noted to me what he was experiencing, and I'm seeing it as well with the stuff we're working on right now this quarter. Number one, uh, for those that are applying direct, they're getting less expression of interest uh, from the uh, companies. In other words, it's send a resume, and then it's just crickets, nothing more. Uh, or when an interview occurs, there's a feeling that it's going to move fast. Second and third interviews are scheduled, and then radio silence, just nothing. Um, I actually have a situation right now. January 18th was the final interview, and I was basically told, Pat, we love this guy. Let's get the references done. We'll get an offer. Well, I'm doing this uh, podcast on March 5th, and that offer is still uh, in a hold pattern. So I know that his offer is going to come out, and a few of the other offers this company are holding, they're going to extend, but it's been that slow. So now if those candidates are no longer available, then when those positions are ready to hire, they'll escalate new interviews, and those roles will get filled probably much quicker. Right now, we're just in a quarter or two where there's this scenario of things are going to be slow. And once you enter the process, those companies may seem a little slow to pull the trigger. So what does this mean for you if you're looking for a job right now? Just prepare yourself for long bouts of silence to begin with. There is a returning arrogance to some hiring managers, internal recruiters. Um, They're no longer trying to keep you on the hook. I kind of hate it. Um, Like I said in my intro episode, just be kind. If you don't know next steps for the candidate or when they'll be, just tell them. Uh, If you do know, tell them. There's just nothing worse, and I think it's very cruel to take somebody who actually now is trying to find a job or needs a job, and they have put their hope in you and the position they've applied for and interviewed for. You can't just go radio silent on them. Because I said, what goes around comes around. Uh, I also think it's more of a pain point right now for those who are currently out of work uh, because they've got to find a job uh, versus the person who's selectively aiding, entertaining opportunities. You know, to the one, two weeks of silence, that's an eternity. To the other, two weeks is just a fleeting moment. You know, so what do you do? During these times, you just have to, first of all, get as many irons in the fire as you can if you're really active and need a new position. But what can you do to keep that opportunity alive? Well, here's what you do, and I'll tell you what you don't do. First of all, after you've applied and uh, especially if you've interviewed, you know, you can use timely emails. You don't want to do the, hey, I haven't heard from you. What's the update? Those are those don't do anything. But I think if you can time strategic follow-ups that show you've not only continued to think about working there and in that role, perhaps you've come back a week later with some research you've done or something notable that relates to the company in the position. But don't overkill. Um, I've seen that too, where somebody sends a great email. Now, we all know that the people who are currently working, you know, this may be the most important thing to you, but that job may not be the number one priority to them. You know, you have no idea behind the scenes what else is going on in their work and personal life. So don't overkill it and send three and four and five emails a week. In in my next episode, I am going to dedicate some time to these types of correspondences. But the customary is you should always have a follow on email within 24 hours of your first interview and subsequent interviews. I'll address the way to do those in another episode. But once radio silence ensues, the worst thing you can do is send that nasty gram. Well, I assume you have no interest in me. How rude. Along those lines. And I've seen those. Know what I've told you. Companies are moving slowly right now. So rather, you just want to drop that line of I'm aware of the current climate, one being of caution. I just want you know my interest remains. So please don't assume I'm gone. If this thing delays, I do want to hear from you.
And then, like I said, perhaps in a week or so, you can find uh, find some type of what I call a purpose email. You know, it could be that you interviewed with their competitor. You can say it's actually has me more interested in you. Or you could you know it could be I just read an article from the industry show that happened out in Las Vegas last week, and I thought you'd enjoy this. But never, ever, ever go off on them because you haven't heard or it's moving too slow for you. Trust me, I've seen it. I've experienced it. Uh, and, and unknown to these people that are lashing out, they didn't know that that uh, receiver was just about to dial the phone or send them an email that says, hey, we've got next steps for you. So you don't want to have them say, oh, that's your true colors. We're not bringing you back. So as job offers begin to come out and you start to secure job offers, and again, as I said, there's always exceptions and nothing here is absolute, but there should be a reset of expectations so that you're not shocked when you start to hear what companies are thinking. It's going to begin with, you're going to see more of a requirement to return to the workplace. Now, I'm not talking Monday through Friday in office, but no longer are you going to be Monday through Friday at home on your computer screen. First of all, metrics have returned. Companies are back to metrics, and some of those metrics are the actual raw activity and meeting metrics. So you'll be meeting with your boss and your peers more in person. You'll be meeting with your clients and customers more frequently in person. If you are in a business that does uh, trade shows, you'll, you'll see yourself attending more trade shows again. Definitely know that the metrics are back. Salaries and sign-on bonuses prepare for a return to norms. Now, again, those of you who are very specialized and there are people who are, no matter what economy you're in, they're always in demand. <laughs> so those people, uh, you will always have the best of salaries and probably be given the best of sign-on bonuses. But for the majority, prepare for a return to norms. And that's just like the housing market. Anything that goes up, it can only be sustained for so long before it levels out and sometimes drops back. Uh, salaries in many cases, they just went well beyond what they should have. I mean, when I see somebody one year out of college on a B2B sales job on a base salary of $90,000, it's a little out of whack. And I get it. We all enjoyed it. So did I. In my industry, we earn more when the salaries are higher because most recruiters charge their clients a percentage of the salary paid to the hire. Though I got to tell you, I started seeing selective layoffs and even terminations in Q4 last year. And those started with the highest paid people. I had a search with a edu an education technology provider. And I actually got a guy who was, he was good. He had a really nice background, but he was laid off ahead of his peers. I was actually able to find out he was the highest paid guy. So he was the first out the door because he was still producing the same as everyone else but he came at a much higher cost. And then he actually did take on a new job in his industry, but at a lower salary, but he'll actually earn more producing what he produced at the last company. So he'll win if he's able to produce. And that, that's my side note. If you take on a higher salary, then know that you have higher expectations placed upon you. It's like any investment. If somebody puts a lot of money to an investment, but they're not getting their return, what do they do? They pull the investment and they reinvest it where they're going to see better returns. There is a reset needed. I've reset my expectations with the offers that I'll be getting for the people I recruit. And I think back to the days I lived in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the late 80s. You know, the steel industry was still uh, trying to recover. Pittsburgh was just decimated as some of the other steel towns were. But I remember as a kid hearing stories about 
the guy pushing a broom around the presses, he was getting 75 bucks an hour, just like the press operator was getting. You know, there was the heyday, just lots of money. Well, we know what happened to the steel industry in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So in the reset of expectations, we all now know and have to realize there is a current pullback after what I'll call the big spend. The high salaries, too many heads, the signing bonuses. So there's a short-term pause. And again, this is short-term. That's the good news to this. I think this is going to start to bounce back by mid-year. And I believe June to December, you'll actually see a real acceleration of hiring again. But during this short-term pause and this catch-up, It's time to do your homework if you're looking for a job and see what the real value of your, you know, what's your real network worth on the marketplace. There are consulting firms that actually publish what do certain salespeople make, what do certain plant managers make, what do certain types of accountants make. So that's always accessible to you. If you're working with a recruiter, the recruiters actually know this information and can help guide you to a very realistic expectation of what your offer should be. And when it comes to your offers, I'm not telling you to sell yourself short. That's not the purpose of this. Just set yourself with realistic expectations and just don't paint yourself into the corner. And there's two ways that happens. The first is you've gone through the interview process. The employer just simply asks, okay, we'd like to make you an offer. What do you need? Well, if you give the wrong number and it's out of budget, it may just stop there and they'll go on to the next candidate. So instead of giving a number, I think the best answer, and yes, you can say this in any state. I don't want to hear, oh, you can't ask that in this state. No, the employer cannot ask you what your salary is, but you can use your salary and earnings as a negotiation standpoint. And I think one of the best ways to start a salary negotiation or a total package negotiation is simply say, oh, sure. Well, my salary is or was X. And this past year, I earned why. I'm looking for a fair but competitive offer. And then, of course, the other way to paint yourself into a corner is what I just mentioned. You demand a salary that's very high. They grant it to you. But now you walk in the door with somewhat of a target on your back. Because number one, you now have much higher expectations placed upon you for your performance. And if times get tight, you're going to be the first one axed because your base cost is higher than the P&L can sustain. All right, so if the information here, and especially if you listen to episode two, has you thinking, all right, man, I am one of those people. I've got a number of moves on my resume these last few years. What do I do now? Am I screwed? Well, the answer is no, but it's time to fix the resume, and here's how you do it. Hopefully, you're in an industry that still has some opportunity uh, because the easiest place to find a job is one with an industry you have experience in. And I find that that's where companies can be a little bit more forgiving of moves because at least they know they're getting somebody who knows their business. You want to find the next job in your vertical and then get some staying power there. I'm going to advise you stay there at least two years because, again, as I said in episode two, it takes two years to truly master any job. And I don't even want to say master it. That's just to get through those first two years and say, all right, I've been here long enough to implement some changes and get some accomplishments. I'm really thinking three to six years is best. Know this. The market, the job market does forgive moves, A, when the resume shows stabilization, The market also can forgive one or two short current moves. Let's get back to a resume showing stabilization. We just had a search and one of my recruiters was going to skip over somebody that was up in front of us. And she said, yeah, too many jobs. And I said, Katie, wait, 
She's got a lot of jobs on the resume, but look at the last one. She's now been there six years and it looks like she's had two promotions. She just completely made up for all of the moves before. Clearly, she'll get asked in an interview why all those moves and we'll have to figure out why. But the first thing that jumped out at me was she stabilized with six years. And sure enough, when we engaged this, this professional, it turns out that her moves actually had some very good reasons behind it to include a spouse who kept getting relocated before finally landing in final city of his career. He's now based at corporate headquarters and plans to be there until retirement. So there was a package story behind it. She stabilized out and she's now actually in process with one of our clients uh, approaching final interview. But you want to land and get yourself stabilized. And the reality is there are some pretty good reasons for job changes these last five years. While times have been good, there have also been a lot of startups that, that didn't get past first round funding. And of course, we had COVID. COVID really hit a lot of business hard. Some industries made a lot of money and hired. There were others. Things got really tight. So those reasons for leaving, they can all be packaged, but it's like a house. So if the house is falling apart and you buy it and do nothing more with that house, there's no way that house is going to be worth anything more unless that land appreciates and someone's going to come tear it down. Otherwise, you got to fix it up and then you can sell it or get a higher value for it. So you're out of work. You've got these moves. You don't have the uh, luxury of staying in your job now. All right. It just gets down to packaging it. So just know in the interviews, you're going to be asked why. And I'll have some episodes about this, but I'll just tell you right now. If you're asked in an interview why you left the last job and you say, I hated my boss. Well, how come the one before? Oh, I didn't like my peers there. Well, what about the one before that? Yeah, they had too many meetings, so I quit that. Well, then what about the job before that? Yeah, you know, it, the drive downtown, just it was too much and I, I quit. So you see where I'm going. So you don't want to have those kinds of answers. But if you can package together a string of what I'll call bad luck and have something along the lines of, Man, I love this industry. It's why I hate my resume. I've not been able to secure a place yet. I, I, I have staying power, but three times now I've landed in underfunded companies or underperforming companies, and it's led to me being first in, first out. You know, I feel like I almost was sold a bill of goods at these last three places. I'd have never left the job I was in three jobs ago. That's why I want to join your company. You know, Mr. Employer or Mrs. Employer, if you give me your commitment, you'll get mine. I'll stay. I'll, I'll kick butt on this job and I'll do it better than anyone else. If you give me a chance, I'll prove to you that I'll be here for a very, very long time. If this company's around a long time, I'm here a long time. And if you get that job, stay. You heard my recommendation, two, three, four, five, six years. Stay. Now, let me close this by saying this is not all bad. I told you in the beginning of this episode, this feels different to me this time. And I have worked through some very tough times. Again, I'll say it one more time. I've been doing this since 1989. The feel of this is a little different in that this is short-lived. There is still a hiring boom in front of us. There's still a very strong economy in front of us. There are still technology releases, drug releases, medical device releases, software releases. Companies are going to be hiring to expand business around the globe. And it's coming sooner than later. So as long as nothing really weird happens now, you know, <laughs> World War III uh, or something that really spins off the Great World Recession, the recovery is going to be fast. And I actually anticipate by as early as April, into June, you're going to see a lot of job postings and employers will be moving very fast again because they can't operate without critical people. 
And on another note of encouragement, demographics show that there will still be somewhat a shortage of people. And it actually starts, oh, I'm going to say this is about 15 years ago. I read a report that started with the baby boomers that were retiring young. And the statistic then was for every three baby boomers that left the workforce, there was only one Generation X to take their place. And that has continued as each generation ages. And I'm seeing more and more. And the finance world is reporting more and more younger retirees. And of course, we heard about the great resignation uh, during COVID. But as people leave the workforce, those jobs are still there to be filled. But here's what's going to happen going forward. Like every financial mistake, you learn from them. Corporations and companies have learned there does come a time where you have to say we can't pay that much or we can't have that many people on payroll or we'll go out of business. The bright side is there are still jobs out there and there are plenty of jobs out there and there will be plenty of jobs out there. This current climate of hiring freezes and layoffs, it is going to be very short term. The demographics mean that most will continue to always have options. And companies, they're still going to have to pay well. They're going to have to treat people well. But we have to understand we're now into what I'll call the longer swing through a center. And in that center, the companies are going to be just a little bit more responsible and a little bit more conservative with payroll, but things are going to be good. But for those who refuse to accept these changes, want to hold out and will demand the highest of pay, working from home, no flexibility on that front, a very dear friend of mine and a long-term business colleague Today, he is a very highly respected business instructor at a prominent university. He spent many years at a very high-level executive spot in the software industry. Said to me, along these very conversations about those who are not going to accept the way things are heading, his words, quote, everyone will soon realize that if you don't like change, you're probably going to like irrelevance even less. Until our next episode, this is Pat Mingarelli signing off of the Recruiter's Review. I thank you for listening.